Yeah, whenever I saw you entered in here, I almost claimed him in our fantasy league just from the pure standpoint of like, I'm going to get some free points, but I don't think this race is worth very much in our league, is it? Yeah, I'd be only worth 20 to the winner. And then where does he go after this? It's hard to say. I don't think he's going to be Rombauer and win the Preakness after winning here. So, <laughs> Rombauer! <laughs> nah, that little bastard. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Park, Saratoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets, racingdudes.com, for all of your needs, racingdudes.com, for all of your leads, racingdudes.com, for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Jared Welch, Aaron Hoffman. It is Thursday, February 9th, and this Splickers off. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Are you nervous yet? I started getting nervous uh, basically like this week when the, you know, they started, they, sh- they showed up and they started doing the, you know, all the interviews and cause like last week you can kind of like pretend it's not happening. You know, you get a break from the stress of the last couple of weeks, but yeah, now the, the stress is on and um, yeah, it, you know, it, I love the Super Bowl just, you know, for like my whole life, the Super Bowl was, a, it's like a, it was like a Christmas because the chiefs were never playing in it. So it was just, I just love the Super Bowl. And so these last, you know, three out of the last five years now, it's stressful. It, it, I, I love, like, we get, you know, like, I have a party and, like, and I'm like, I can't concentrate on anything other than the actual game. Yeah, no, it's nice to have your team in it, though. That That is a good thing. And like I said, it, with the Chiefs, yeah, they were never really – I mean, they had some teams that were decent, but they were never anything close to what they were now. Uh, so, yeah, I, and listen, one-and-a-half-point underdogs, so we'll see. I, I really like the Chiefs in this game, so we shall see. Yeah, Dennis. Which I just realized I'm wearing Eagles green, which is funny. Um, but it is my lifestyle, so this is my OG handicappers hoodie uh, that I wanted to rep for the show. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a good problem to have. I'd much rather have the team, my team in it, and and not than not. Um, especially when it's at least more times than not. Um, it's a you know we've lost in the AFC Championship, and that's brutal when you get to that final game. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be fun. I well, we'll talk about the game later at the end of the show. Give our predictions. Uh, may they may surprise you? Probably not. Uh, who I'm going with. Uh, all right. Big show. Lots of three-year-old racing continues this weekend. Um, thoughts on last weekend's racing? Uh, you know, tough day, Gulfstream. Uh, yet again, it seems like it's been tough. But we did see Tappet Trice kind of show up big. We talked about that race last week on Bleakers Off, that allowance race. He just demolished his stablemate. Um, 
for Todd Fletcher, of course, bigger and better things seems to be on, on the way for Tappet Trice. And then, you know, you had the rocket can in the, in the, in the stakes race there. So obviously I think Tappet Trice was the most, the most impressive three-year-old we saw, but uh, thoughts and, you know, the current state of the three-year-olds, I feel like I'm ready for next weekend to get here. Cause I just haven't, we haven't seen anything. Yeah, next week's going to be the start of the 50-point races, and hopefully that Risen Star, you kind of get a little bit of separation one way or the other, at least the Star Horse. You know, I was thinking about it uh, earlier today before we get on the show. I knew we'd talk about it. I think in a lot of years, you would see the Tappet Trice performance, and you would go, okay, it's it's good. It's solid. Probably too late for the Derby. Probably going to you know develop a little too late for the Derby. But in a year like here... What we see right now, he's hmm. got a shot because what if Forte comes back and he's not great? Then what do we really have, right? Like, Tavit Trice could be number one. Like, that's the kind of year it is. That, you know, he, he, there was a lot of hype on Extra Nejo. I don't think he's going to make it. A lot of hype on Cave Rock. I don't think he's going to make it. A lot of hype on Loggins. I know he's not going to make it. It's basically you got Forte sitting there. We're waiting to see him in a couple of weeks. And then you're just searching. And these preps are not really giving us anything that jumps out. That's why Tappa Trice wins an allowance like that against another horse that people respected. He jumps on the scene in a big way compared to what he would usually in a normal year jump onto the scene. You know, you'd be saying, great. Okay, let's see him in a prep instead of saying, great. He's a top five prospect all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, I think we're just... You know, to that point, like we're just begging for any kind of performance to wow us and be like, okay, that's that's the horse I can ride with as we get closer. Uh, yeah, and it kind of, I mean, I don't want to, you know, it reminds me a little bit. I don't think he, I think he's better than Corniche, but you know, like we kept waiting for Corniche and we kept waiting. And of course, he kept getting pushed back and we, you know, never happened. Um, Cave Rock is getting more, and then you have the Baffert situation just in general that you don't know what to do with these horses that uh, makes it more tricky. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's becomes more and more uh, scary for these horses, uh, you know, for you trying to find this horse, uh, your horse, as we get down the, the, the trail here. Now, obviously you start getting into the 50 point races here in the next couple of weeks, and maybe you'll get a little more idea of who, Who's going to stand out? Maybe Forte does come back. I mean, that to me, the, the simplest answer is Forte just needs to come back and look like Forte. And if he does, it's not that complicated. It's really not. You you said it best on the live show last weekend. It's, it's a Nyquist type of year. It really is. And every week we'd go, okay, who's going to actually beat Nyquist? We know we're not going to pick him to win the Derby. And every week went by and Nyquist ran pretty well in the Florida Derby, obviously. And it's just like, you get to the Derby, it's like he's going to win. Like there was, there's just nothing else there. It feels like that here, minus what will Forte do? He's got to come back and run pretty well. If say Forte runs the Fountain of Youth and gets like third, which by the way, Breeders' Cup Juvenile winners they usually lose that first start back. Then what do we do? I mean, it's it's really wide open, and it becomes, I think it becomes a lot of fun, but it also becomes just crazy as can be as far as the, the scramble. And like I said, the Baffert situation obviously puts a weird thing into it too. You know, forget about Cave Rock, but we do have Arabian Night. We do have Reincarnate, Newgate, Faustin, if you want to throw him in there. Where do they go? What do they look like? It, it's a mess right now. And 
further to make it even more messy. And it's, it's what we've been saying all along. It All it takes is one bad performance from any of these horses. And especially with the trainers like Brad Cox and Baffert, who just seemingly have a three-year-old in every, in every prep race, um, it just takes one of those bad performances and you don't see them anymore. And not saying like they're done, done. It just means that there's no reason to push them. You know, you look at Corona Bolt, I would say, who knows when we'll see him again, especially on the, any type of derby situation, which is probably unlikely. Uh, your horse, Arabian Lion, seems like that's just not going to happen now. You know, it's just so like when you have these multiple horses that are aiming for the race, you don't, when, when one doesn't really fire, you say, okay, I'm going to back that one off. So it makes it even more difficult to try to find that horse because all it takes is really like one semi poor effort and you're not going to see them on the trail anymore. Exactly. And what's happening is that's starting to happen and that they're starting to kind of filter out like that. And then you're just kind of left with nothing. Like somebody commented on my derby video was like, how can you rank this horse and this horse? And I, I commented back and said, where's your top five? Because it's impossible. You rank Forte one, you rank Arabian night two, and then three through 20, you can just do whatever you want with. It's a total mess. Like I have instant coffee three. I don't think he's that good, but he's been the best of the rest of them. I have victory formation four. I don't think he's that good, but who do you put up there? Right. So, um, you know, verifying I've, I've got a horse up there pretty high tap and trice. But verifying has been proven. He, he hasn't beat the top horses in the crop, but he's getting better. And you just think, well, it's a situation. They might get better at the right time on the right day. It's really unfortunate for, you know, for, I guess Ashbyson still has a few that could do something, but you know, extra Anejo, you talk about a horse that if the horse could have stayed sound and healthy, that this crop is just begging for a, a superstar horse, you know? And if he, if he was that good, of course you don't know, obviously, but like it just such a bummer because he was, he could have been that. And I'm sure Aspies is thinking the same thing, thinking, gosh, I wish I had. And, and, and to your point, you said earlier, it's probably too late for him. But at the same token, some of these horses who are behind the ball a little bit, like they could still get a chance to get in because the crop is still kind of itching for someone to to, to be um, decent. So if extra Nao comes back, you know, like I, I wouldn't, would it be surprising? Yes. But like if he showed up in the, in the last ditch, you know, Arkansas Derby or something unlikely, maybe, but I feel like some of these trainers might take that shot with some of these horses. If the field, if these fields, uh, I mean, look at these fields this weekend. You could enter a horse in any of these races if he's any good and have a chance to win one. Yeah, no, absolutely right. I mean, give extra Anejo or Cave Rock two or three works and throw them in the withers. I think they're going to win, right? <laughs> Even if they're 80%. So yeah. that's where we're at. It, it kind of feels to me like when we get to the Travers and the Haskell and races like that, we're probably going to see the best horses in the crop this year. It may not be the Derby, the Preakness, or the Belmont. You may just kind of get who's the best right now, unless the big, you know, elephant in the room, Forte, literally, he's an elephant, he's huge. <laughs> if he yeah. comes back and romps, then all of a sudden you go from, well, this Derby is a mess to this Derby's pretty easy. And yep. it really hinges on him. And I guess you could say it hinges a little bit on Arabian Night. What if he improves greatly in his next start and you're like, wow, he's just that much better than everybody else. I mean, that's possible as well, but gosh, the rest of these horses, Jared, they just kind of, they're there and we're just kind of waiting. Okay. Show us something really, really good. And 
and I really like we have no basis for this, and I don't have any basis for this, and obviously we have no really track record other than last year. But I just, in my heart, <laughs> my gut, I just refuse to believe that someone not named Bob Baffert is going to win the Kentucky Derby with one of Bob Baffert's horses. I just, 100%. I just, I mean, there's really, like I say, there's really no logic behind it. There's no, could, I mean, it could be with I mean, any trainer. I just refuse to believe that's that that's going to happen. Dude, I, I I made this comment on Magic Mike Monday. I said, Cave Rock, point him to wherever when he's healthy. But I think I would take Arabian Night and Cave Rock, and I'd point them both to the Preakness, and I would give away, you know, Reincarnate and Newgate and some of those second-run Baffert horses and give them to the other trainers and go, good luck, take them to the Derby, have fun with them. I've got my two big ones right here, Arabian Night and Cave Rock. We're going Preakness, and we're going to target that thing. And that's what I would do. And people lost their minds. But I thought, they were like, you don't point for the Preakness. I said, he can't run in the Derby. And we saw what happened last year when he gave his horses up and, you know, it didn't work out. Just point him for the Preakness. And by the way, they can also run in the Belmont now. Baffert can. I would skip the Derby with my two big ones if I was him. I would, I would get on the phone with my owners, and I would tell them, please do this. Please do this. I'm going to have these other ones. We're going to go to the Derby with these other ones. And my two big ones, they're not leaving my hands. Yeah, especially if you have the same ownerships, you know, because obviously mm-hmm. they have a lot that have the same ownerships to be like, yeah, with those, we'll, we'll take. No, You know, you can have that whole atmosphere and that that experience, whatever. Yeah. But, like, it's to me, part of it's like, just send, like, a big, you know, it's like, whoever wins the Derby, it's like, great. We're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win the Preakness, though. So good luck, you know, almost just almost just to ruin it for everybody because of what's happened. I think it, I think that's I think that'd be amazing. Think it, think if Arabian Night. Now this is again, this is fantasy land, I'm sure. But think of Arabian Night goes to the San Antonio Derby and wins by six, which that could happen, right? Yeah. And then right after he says we're skipping the Derby, obviously because he would have Baffert still have him, and we're going right to the Preakness, and we've got a fresh Arabian Night going against whoever wins that Derby. Who are you going to bet, right? If if that scenario was to play out, I think it would be hilarious, and I I hope I'm rooting for it for sure. Because the other problem is 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 if you don't do that, and you which is probably unlikely, but if you if they do go for the Derby and it's trained by you know Yakteen, let's just say since that, that's what happened last year, um, and then the horses don't run well or whatever, then you screw yourself out of running them in the Preakness. Now they can't run in the Preakness, or they won't run, or they won't. If they do, they won't be as good. They're not as fresh, or whatever. Like, and the, and now they can be trained by Bob Baffert. So I I think that that would be awesome. I would love to see it, but yeah, it seems like uh, yeah. See, I mean, Bob Bob's won twenty of them, so you know, it's like screw you guys. And he'd almost get more publicity by not going than he would by his you know the his horse being trained by somebody else and you have to remember this too last year he couldn't train anywhere any horse so there was really he had to get rid of him this year it's just the derby yeah and by the way this is a great point robert i don't know about horse of the year but i'm but but for the honors just imagine if they didn't screw up taba by rushing him he likely would have been the three-year-old of the year over epicenter but they had to completely restart on him bob did after the Derby slash, you know, Haskell, you know, but Derby debacle, Sandy debacle. I mean, they won, but obviously that took a lot out of them. Point is, if you screw him up, Arabian night up now by doing this or rush him, then you could screw him up down the road and in, in those honors. I completely agree with that. 
there, there's without any question, doubt, anything. If that Baffert situation hadn't happened, that horse would have been the three-year-old of the year. I, I, they pushed that horse when he got to Yakteed and they forced his hand. I, I believe that. And ran in that Sandina Derby. Baffert did not want to run in that race. And it did. It end of the day, Tabitz had a great season, but it cost him three-year-old of the year. Because even, even with missing that whole half of that or that middle part of that year, which is so important, he still was in the debate for three-year-old of the year. Yeah. And if at worst, he would have won the Haskell at worst, because that was the race. It was his to win. That probably would have got him three-year-old of the year anyway, if he would have done it, but he wasn't quite a hundred percent ready to go that day. And he got beat by a horse that was. And at best he wins the Preakness. He wins the Haskell. He wins, <laughs> the, you know, the list goes on. Yep. It's so yeah, it, it, it kind of had to reset completely. Um, so yeah, we'll find out. Lots, uh, lots to uncover as that as we continue. Yeah, the ruling is still um, seems unlikely that he would get that reversed in Kentucky. Kentucky just hates him, so I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, once we do have a finalization of that, obviously some decisions will be will need to be made by Bob Baffert in that camp. And so we'll see what they do, but let's get to today's show. Cause we got picks to go over the, we're going to preview and get picks for Saturday's $250,000 wither stakes at aqueduct, the $250,000 Sam F Davis at Tampa Bay and the $100,000 El Camino real Derby at golden gate. Hey, he's got two horses in that race. Bobby Baffert right. does um, prep races for the 2023 Kentucky Derby. Then we get some rap fire selections. For the remaining stakes, uh, stakes races on the card on these cards at Gulfstream, Aqueduct, Oaklawn, and Tampa. Let's go. There's a there's one person that's ready for the 2023 Kentucky Derby to be over <laughs> more than anybody else in the world, and that is Bob Baffert. Yeah, because then it's over <laughs> all this shit is done and he can go back to normal um and when that happens everyone go back to loving bob baffert again and you know last thing i'll say about it because we have to move on it's hard to say what you would do if you were an owner of all these horses like this but i really believe if i was an owner and i believed in baffert as much as these guys clearly do i would do the preakness and forget about the derby I really think I would do it because we'll go next year, right? My stable's not going anywhere. I've got all this money. We'll go next next year. I mean, for like for these two owners that he's with, I mean, they're they're not inexperienced with the Derby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like unless unless your horse is some freak horse that you feel like could win the Triple Crown or something of that nature then I guess, but still it wouldn't be Bob Baffert. The owners, I guess, would get the honor. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you Bob could pick up the training afterwards, but it's, it just doesn't feel like that's possible this year. And yeah. it, it, this isn't a justify year. Um, I just don't see the upside. I don't either. It, it's going to be extremely fascinating to see what happens. Uh, I don't know. I guess... <laughs> you got a horse and he just romps in the Sanita Derby, it, it's probably going to be too much to not go. But we'll see. The decision's coming quick. A couple of weeks, we're going to have to know. So we shall see. But it is the Derby. That's the problem. I know. I know. So it's like no matter what we say, I mean, it seems like the Derby fever 
we have never had a derby horse ourselves, you know. So oh, I know, you know, maybe we would be like, screw that, we're running. Yeah, I don't care who's training. You know, you could train the horse. If if I have a point, I'm going there. But um, even I don't know. I I would love to see that because I feel like I would have my Derby and my Preakness picks already uh, if they were to do that. Because I feel like Forte comes back. Don't get cute with that one. And then if if he's pointing for a, a, the Preakness, then I'm not getting cute with that one. So. Yep. And Tap Trice is winning the Belmont. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he does have that look right now. So <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's a derby horse. Uh, although they might get him there, but I, I think I think he like uh he runs okay in the derby. Say he gets in, he runs okay in the derby, and then you know, a little bit of creator-ish where then they, they pause on him, then get him for the Belmont, and then he runs well there. And they're off in the withers. All right, let's go to Aqueduct for the first Kentucky Derby prep race on Saturday, race nine, the Withers Stakes, grade three. We're 250K for three-year-olds going a mile and eight. Field of seven uh, shows up for this one. Really uh, led by the Brad Cox versus Linda Rice here. Hit show, the four, nine to five, eight to five, Arctic Arrogance, eight to five. Uh, the one horse now Arctic arrogance has been right there. Uh, the last few efforts hit show, maybe seemingly coming on. Are you taking Arctic arrogance? Do you think the horse can bounce back and win here? I, you know, I, I, I probably should have, as I, as I thought about this more, I thought, yeah, it's now or never really for Arctic arrogance, but it does bother me when a horse looks like a winner and doesn't win. And he's done it twice now where he turned for home. I thought he's going to win easy and he didn't do it. So I did go elsewhere, even though I get it. If you're looking at this, you look at the numbers, the analytics, it does kind of look like he's a little bit better than hit show, but I did go number four hit show. Instead, uh, this horse has been a winner two out of the last three races. Does have to step up in class today. I really think the horse is going to love the stretch out to a mile and an eighth. That was a big key for me. We haven't seen him at a mile and eighth yet. Last time out at a mile, he pretty much dominated horses at Oaklawn Park. I like that Manny Franco jumps aboard as well. Uh, one of the better riders, if not the best rider in New York right now. So I'm going to take Hit Show to beat Arctic Arrogance. I would not be shocked if it goes the other way, but I don't like those back-to-back losses where it looked like Arct- Air- Arctic Arrogance had it. I'm on Hit Show in this spot. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know. I just, you know, you look back and the horse ran in state bred, you know, stakes. Uh, the first, well, three races were stake bred or uh, state bred. And then the, the two after that were stake state bred and like ran well. Then when got to open company, just hasn't quite been able to finish the job. You know, like what looked like a winner both times. Um W Neil we'll talk about him here coming up and Sam F. Davis. I think that's a legit horse or somewhat legit, you know, getting beat by Lugan Knight, you know, last time out, there's not a lot of excuse for that in my opinion, but you know, I look at him as a horse that is beatable. And I think the four is the one to do it. I, you know, that last effort after running in the, uh, the big that allowance race, that got beat by rocket can, coming back and really looked good i thought um last time out at oakland park brad you know <clears throat> bringing the horse here uh is an interesting move but i do think that he this horse the way this horse has been working um kind of has to separate some of his horses as well and i think it's a horse that wants to go long i i don't necessarily think that uh we've seen the best of number four hit show yet 
I think that's the key. Your last sentence for sure. Can can we see the best of him here? Will the mile and an eighth bring out the best of him? And will he be able to have that kick uh, that he had in that last race? I mean, in that allowance race last time out at Oakland, he really made up ground in a, in a very fast way. And he, he entered the Southwest. I'm glad he didn't run in it. I don't think he would have done all that well. I think this is a better spot for him. And I think the other point is the one's going to go to the lead, but I do think the six and the seven are fast enough to kind of press if they're asked. And if that happens, it could set up beautifully for hit show uh, as well. And again, it's with Arctic arrogance. Gosh, if he just would have won one of those two races, you'd feel a little bit better about playing him at a short price. And, and like I said, I'm not going to be shocked at all. If he wins, I think you just use them both and go on and multis. But for as far as a winner, I'm going to take hit show. Yeah. I, I just think that uh, the the four, I, I with the with the pace setup, you kind of said it. Um, the one is going to get. I do. I do believe I saw it somewhere. Um, so I don't know. Blinkers on back with with Arctic arrogance. This horse is going to go to. They're, they're going to want this horse to go to the lead. Um, of course, drawing the rail as well. But it's going to have some company. And for a horse who the last two efforts, one time going this long, one time going even shorter kind of showed that wasn't good enough to finish the job. I have a hard time believing, especially with the added pressure that I think that he's going to get, that he can still hold off the four hit show. Um, and if it's not hit show, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't love the four to one, but I think the three is interesting. Uh, we'll have to improve, uh, but should sit a little bit of a nice trip. Both of the three and the four sitting outside of the one, but bottom line is, I do believe uh, the four is going to sit the trip outside of that speed. And um, I, I also think, I don't know that it seems like Brad Cox wins every, every prep so far, but this is a horse that's interesting. I mean, if he, if he wins here and does it impressively, I think he's somewhat uh, impressive. And the other thing too, Arctic arrogance, if, even if he doesn't win, he's just chalking up points. Like this horse just keeps getting points, even though he's not winning these races. So that's a horse that's going to continue to build that resume and get into the Kentucky Derby win or lose here. Yeah. I mean, another second place effort, he might lock up a spot. Like that's how many points he's kind of uh, built up here, just hitting the board in these races. Um, and, and maybe he doesn't lock up a spot for second, but if he wins, he's pretty much in. I mean, considering, you know, Baffert horses aren't going to get any points until at least March. And who knows with that? I mean, he's, he's in a really good spot and you know, you're going to run him in the wood as well. So you're right. He's in a good position. Uh, won't be shocked if he's in the gate. I I don't know. Like I remember extensively researching this horse leading, leading up to the Rimson, And it was just like, ah, he's okay. And then he ran and it's like, yeah, he's, he's just okay. You know, and then last time out, um, you know, him and Lugan Knight, they were the two best horses. And I think Lugan Knight at a mile just a little better. And it is what it is. But gosh, it's just as a as a heavy favorite. And I do think he'll be favored in this race. I just couldn't quite make him the top pick here. No, I'm with you. Um, number four hit show for both of us. And do you agree? Do you think that it, it would take like the four is probably the only horse in here that you could leave possibly the race thinking 
wow, that horse might be decent moving forward. I mean, the chances are we're probably not going to say that line after this race <laughs> specifically. Um, but yeah. which one's possible? He's po- he's possible. He's possible. It, it you know I I could see him putting up a big effort. I th- I think with him it's like it's the unknown. Where with Arctic Arrogance we kind of know what he is. I mean he might take a big step up. I think he would have already done it by now though. So yeah, I I think that's probably accurate what you're saying. But I think for the most part we'll kind of look at this and go, well that was what it was. <laughs> Uh, I would have to agree. And they're off and running in the Sam Davis. Well, let's move forward to maybe the maybe the most interesting race, Derby Prep of the weekend. That's race 10 at Tampa Bay Downs. The Sam F. Davis Stakes, grade three. Uh, we're 250K for three-year-olds, going one and one sixteenth miles. And, dude, it, it there's a few that we're going to talk about today. This is definitely one of them. It is a tough race to handicap, especially if you're trying to beat the favorite, the seven W nil that nine to five. Of course, we talked about him a little bit ago, came coming from Aqueduct uh, into this race. So field of 12, nine to five is leading that, but it's after that, you're really just getting a pick of wherever you like. I mean, the odds are going to be all over the board. If you're trying to beat the favorite, you'll have no issues finding your price. I I would love to try to beat this favorite, but this is a trash bunch. I mean, this is not a good field whatsoever, at least coming into the race. Now, we'll see. Maybe there's some horses that are going to surprise us, but this isn't good. I mean, WHNL is going to be my top pick in here. I thought he was pretty good in the rims, and, uh, you know, I thought he would be competitive in there, and he was. I didn't think he was overly impressive. I kind of marked him down as, yeah, I think he's one we can beat. But, I mean, who are we getting excited about playing? That's the problem. Like, Litigate got beat by five and three-quarter links to Cyclone Mischief last time out. And he's drawn all the way to that 11 post. I mean, Litigate can win, but I don't have confidence in him, really. Uh, You know, Champion's Dream, he's a horse I kind of liked. Last time out in the Pasco, he couldn't get it done. We'll see on him. I was somewhat interested in Worthington, the horse trying dirt for the first time on the rail. Yeah. He had some pretty good turf numbers and thought the stretch out might work out for him okay. But I kind of think WHNL should win this race pretty easily, honestly, if he runs like he did in the rims. And I, you know, and he's also, he wanted a mile. So I don't think a mile 16 is going to bother him much. I kind of think he'll just kind of outclass this group. Well, he should, and, and on paper, he should, he, he will, right? I mean, um, if you believe in that rims and number, the 90 buyer he got that day, there's no one close uh, to that here. So I, I'm with you. I think that the horse is clearly the horse to beat. And, you know, other than that debut, uh, where he got beat by Instant Coffee, uh, has, has looked pretty flawless really those last two starts including that rims and so I, I i get it like to me you're either singling them or you're you're spreading as deep, as far as you can go and just trying to beat them me personally i i just if I see a field like this and it could very well be like i see a field like this and i'm trying to beat them and then you, you watch the race and you're like they're all stumbling home and the seven just kind of cruises by because it's a trash race right um right. So i'll be using them 
but I do like the two prairie hog for Safi Joseph a little bit here. So that is a horse I'm also going to use. Actually, my top pick just from the a price standpoint, because I think you're going to get a nice price here at six to one morning line. But you know, a local horse last two at Tampa has one for Safi Joseph. One time coming off that kind of a horse kind of got crazy out there on the lead, let the horse do that, and then he just pounced late. And then the last time held off um, Groveland, a horse that uh, is in this race as well for uh, 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 for uh, Hardy Ian. Ian, how do you say it? Ian Hardy. <laughs> Ian Hardy, is that it? Sure. Okay. Anyways, um, I like the two uh, a decent amount because I think the horse has shown versatility. But the problem with this race is. If you like the two or if you like the five or if you – I know uh, Samich made a case for the six classic car wash. If you guys listen to the Magic Mike show, if you haven't, make sure you go listen to their podcast after this. But they all like to, to go. There's a lot of speed in the race. The seven should sit a really nice pocket trip. The seven should. I, I thought about the six as well for a long time. I, I see what he sees in that horse uh, as well. Didn't watch the show, but uh, – it is a horse that, again, kind of like Prairie Hawk, has shown some versatility. You know, Prairie Hawk was in that allowance race that had the two big Pletcher horses uh, at Tampa Bay, a classic catch and point proven, and everybody was excited about them. They were bad. Yeah, he he makes sense. I'm not saying he doesn't. I just didn't love that race. Um, I thought that race came back pretty bad. I'm not going to be shocked, though, if he runs well, but I, I just couldn't quite get there with him. Um, but that's kind of how it's I ended with all of them, you know. Um, just couldn't quite wrap my head around, how is this horse going to run well enough to win this one? Well, to be fair, if you're not picking, and let's, first of all, it's so you, you're saying it's W-H and L. Yes, W-H and L. I'm with, I thought it was pronounced like Shoddy said, W, like W, W, Nell, W, Nell. That's how I've been saying it. It's named, the horse is named after a school that the two owners went to. And it's the abbreviation for the school is W, H, and L. So that's how it's pronounced. And I did not know that. Magic researched it and found that. So I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe in the Remsen, they actually, that they pronounced it wrong. Correct. And that's uh, how I had been pronouncing it. And then Magic found out that right. that was wrong. That's why I looked it up. That's, you know, I was like, oh, how do you yep. pronounce that? And yeah, okay. All right. Now that we've got that cleared up, <laughs> um, it's one of those races for sure. If you're, if you're playing, like the seven is easily the horse to beat. And if you're playing against, then I, you could, I mean, there's, there's 12 horse, well, 11 other horses in the race. You can make an easy case for 10 of them. Let's just say, like, say the seven's not in the race at all. We're handicapping this race without him. Any of them could almost win. You know what I mean? So it's that kind of race. It's that bad of a field. So if the seven doesn't fire, or if you just simply aren't playing the seven based off price, you've you've got to get uh, you've got to get aggressive and and try to get a price home. Yeah, I mean, if if the seven's not in the race, I guess I would lean towards. I might just, if the seven one in the race, I might just take a shot with Worthington, honestly. I, you know, I just something, I would go, I would just go with a big time price because I, if the seven was in the race, then Litigate's going to be short. And I don't want to do that. Champions Dream will be short. 
I think the horse is decent, but I wouldn't want to play him at a short price. I would, I would try to go long. I'd try to go with somebody like that. I mean, it, it, it the, that's the thing. These horses, they're just not very good. And either the seven is just going to have to flop and just not run very well at all, or somebody's going to have to step up and run a race they haven't yet, which is possible. They're three-year-olds. That's what this is all about. But boy, trying to find that horse is a little tricky, I think. I mean, on the pl- uh, we're, we're shitting all over this race, but on the on the plus side, if W H and L wins and does it like kind of cruises home like he probably should, he becomes this. I wouldn't say like a serious player, but a legit player because he's now demolished two uh, prep races, the rims in it, and this one. I think he has a lot of hype going into what I suppose would be maybe the wood, right? I uh, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Tampa Bay Derby, then the wood. I mean, there's time if they want to do that. I don't know how, you know, I don't really know how aggressive they want to be with this horse, you know, and, and anymore. Two starts is about all you get. But, you know, back three or four years ago, I think they'd run him three times. But you would think the wood would be the big goal because that's where he won that, that the rims in. But, I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see what happens where they try to actually go with them. I'm not quite sure on, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've been burned a lot by Tampa in the past. I, I don't really know what's going to come out of this, whatever really does. You know, that's a thing as far as the Derby goes, I'm talking about just the Derby. I'm not well, sure. Like Foxy Causeway last year dominated this scene and he's, he ended up being a turf horse. <laughs> well, and that's what's so, you know, it's tough. Like, you know, I, there's two angles. You can, sometimes it's like, well, don't take the locals, take the horses coming in. But then sometimes those locals, like a horse like Prairie Hawk, you know, the, the fact that you, the horse is shown can handle kind of what can be a weird track. That's a, that's a huge upside as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's kind of, it's tricky to handicap for sure. Especially when a horse like uh, the seven comes in, who's ran it, uh, you know, a couple different tracks not named Tampa kind of a, you know, more of a, this is an alternative route, so to speak. Um, I don't know. The seven should win my top pick though. Uh, okay. I've seen a lot of comments on the three. So I'll at least, we'll at least mention the three classic legacy uh, for Alvarado and Bill Mott trained. It's a horse that seemingly has gotten better with each start has finally broken his maiden um, back in December. And, and Mott is, is elected to, just throw them right into it, into a derby prep rather than trying an allowance. I would love to pick him, but man, he he just he's pretty uninspiring when you watch him. That's that's the problem. You go back and watch his races, he's he's fairly slow. And that's not, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just like he's slow. And so does the stretch out help him? Does he get a pace meltdown? I mean, those are things that could help him in this spot, but He's got to run a lot faster. He, there's worse horses for sure you could play, but I just don't know that he's going to be able to improve enough to win. I want to make sure we we add this comment from our boy, Dr. Tang, guy that plays every single day, every, you know, keep an eye out for the 10, dreaming of Kona, something going on with the speed, so you can take that for what it is. But, you know, a horse that uh, has, has ran at Tampa, lost, came out of the Mucho Macho Man, got put first uh, after the uh, the DQ for Legacy Isle, but now it comes back to Tampa, and, you know, obviously the horse should show quite a bit of speed here. 
he he ran hard in that race at Gulfstream, and he outran his odds for sure. Uh, the race at Tampa, he got beat by Super Chow, and that's a pretty damn good sprinter. We saw him uh, last week. General Jim beat him, but that was a hell of a race. Jim had to run really well to beat him, and he did. By the way, General Jim should have been in the Holy Bull. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, I mean, Dreamy of Kona probably been facing better horses other than maybe the favorite. So get out in front, try to take him gate to wire. I don't hate it. Um, he's going to have to get a little faster, too. You know, he, he he's he's still a little low on the speed figures, but he's back home. He He's been working over this track really well. Yep. There's like I said, there's worse horses you could play for sure, especially if he's going to be a double digit price. Back to back bullets and and uh yeah, I mean I'm not gonna throw it, not gonna like throw anything out there, but if there is anything going on, if the horse has lots of speed, you could see a situation where the horse just does not want to give up the lead. So might use the 10 as uh a little bit of a saver. But okay, so you and I are looking at the race a little differently. We both like the two or the, the seven. You have the seven on top, uh, WHNL. I've got the two from a price standpoint, Prairie Hawk on top. I, I think we can both agree if anyone other than the seven, and even if the seven does win, there's not, once again, not a ton of like, I'm pumped up for this horse moving forward. Right. No. Unfortunately. But you know what? We might find it. We might. <laughs> We might find it in the next one, okay? I'm just saying. And uh, Leroff in the El Camino Real Derby. Let's go to Golden Gate. Race 8. Uh, El Camino Real Derby at Golden Gate Fields on Saturday worth 100K for three-year-olds going a mile and eighth on the all-weather track. The first, uh, Those first two were uh, 28-642 for your top uh, five finisher. So, you know, WHNL, horse that's already got, I believe, 10 points. So 20 would get him in with 30, no doubt. This race here, the El Camino Real Derby, 10 points to the winner, 10-4-3-2-1. But Bob Baffert, our boy Bob Baffert, has got a couple in here. The one Gilmore at 4-1 to one, and the outside horse, Nullabar, Nullabar uh, at 6-1. to one. So obviously this is a, a horses that could not earn points if they were to win or finish in the top five. But with that said... Are you taking one of these Bafferts to come in on this on the uh, synthetic track and upset one of these locals? The number one Gilmore should win this race. Uh, you know, he, he looks to be the best horse on paper. And honestly, his pedigree says the synthetic surface should be really nice for him. I do like number one Gilmore a lot, actually, in this spot. I think he's going to get the job done. Uh, I think the local number two chase the chaos right to his inside is going to be a tough one maybe to handle the five a little bit, but I feel like Baffert's comes in here and wins this one. I really like Gilmore on the synthetic. I think this is a good spot for him. So yeah, I'm going to go uh, Gilmore and he will get a free trip to the Preakness after this win. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I went into this thinking, I was like, obviously I'm not, I'm not picking any bad, these Baffert or like, this, give me a break. This is a joke. Um, and I kept going back to like, the, the, you know, the, the two or the three, um, or the four, all golden gate horses that have been decent. And then I'm like, the one should just beat the shit out of these guys. Like if he's any boy decent on this, on this, uh, synthetic, like he, he, he can even regress a little bit. And I think he will be right there in the mix. And 
to me, it's weird enough. I don't think Baffert is bringing the horse over to to lose. You know, I don't think he in, like oh to see how they do, um, and especially considering the, it's a horse that has looked decent in both starts. Of course, lost on debut, then came back to win. It looked really good last time out at uh, Los Alamitos. Feels like a horse that he's just thinking, hey, you know, we we this is, we can get a horse get a horse in the Preakness here and. Uh, you know, screw up some things for these local horses. <laughs> these poor, the poor locals, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I. You don't really want to do it, but it's like, yeah, this horse looks really good. Like, like if this horse showed up last week in the in the Robert B. Lewis, you would think about playing him. Like, he looks pretty darn good on paper. Um, like you said, the the race he lost, he ran really well, and it was his first start. And then last time out, he just absolutely rolled. Yeah, poor locals. I, I don't think they're going to beat Gilmore in this spot. Well, you know, and I, I do think he, he he's going to be, even though he draws the rail, he should sit a pretty decent trip here um, because I do think there is a decent amount of speed, especially with that five, um, kind of setting up some things for for a couple of these, the five and the eight, the other Bob Baffert should, should make things go a little bit, but if I wasn't picking the, the Bob Baffert horse, because I do think Dennis might be right. I, I don't know that um, he'll be the favorite, but I, I think the, there's no way. I, I just I, He's going to be bet down from four to one. That's nuts. Um, <laughs> like Bob Baffert bringing a horse over, and you're going to – anyways. Um, I bet he's closer to four to five than four to one. He's going to go off – exactly. He's going to go off the favorite. I like the four if the four were to float up. You know, if, you know, if they did gets no love because of that uh, Passarando, that's the horse I kind of mm-hmm. was, was going to pick until I ultimately just got was like, hey, I, I, I think the one's going to win here. But is there any local horse that you liked uh, that stood out to you? I, I do like the number two a little bit, Chase the Chaos. I think this is a horse ran pretty darn good last time out. Uh, I think the stretch out is going to help him. Um, he, you know, your horse did beat him. Uh, two and three races back, but I think the stretch out will help. So I liked the two a bit. And I think the five is interesting, but I'm not sure about the distance. I'm a little bit worried about that. So I would go like one, two, four, five in this race. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> are you going to like, how confident, like, and it's like on the multis, would you be more off to single the one or to go to play? Like you just mentioned those horses. I would single the one. You think that, okay. I mean, I yeah, think I just, I, to me, I look at this and it's like, okay, yeah, here's some nice Golden Gate type runners, but you see a little, maybe a, it's an allowance type Golden Gate field. And then you have Gilmore and it's like, well, shit, he, he just looks better. So if he takes to the surface and you look at his pedigree and it's like, well, he should, I'll single him. <laughs> right. There's no reason why he shouldn't. I, yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about it, but, uh, I don't know what really is going to come from this race. I mean, literally Gilmore, if he wins, he's not getting any points. I guess he's in the Preakness. So add that to the, the Preakness brigade that we think might show up um, toward in that race. But uh, yeah, we're on number one, Gilmore to win uh, the El Camino Real Derby. <laughs> All right, time for rapid fire. Let's go to, we're going to go to four different tracks here. Aqueduct, Goldstream, Oakland, and Tampa Bay. One race at each track here for rapid fire. And we'll go back to Aqueduct 
on Saturday, race three, the Jimmy Wheatfield Stakes worth 100K for three-year-olds. Uh, going six furlongs, field of five uh, lines up here, Halterman. On, uh, you get the four, Drew's Gold at two to one. It really, a small field and every horse is under five to one. Um, so you've got pretty much an option wherever you look here. Yeah, it's a weird race for sure. Uh, I, I ended up going with the number one, Joey Freshwater, on top in this one. Awesome. Uh, first off, the claim was for Linda Rice last time out, moved up to Starter Allowance Company, got the job done, uh, ran a much improved race than the first two efforts, even though his first two efforts weren't horrible. I think the horse is developing. I think this is a really good spot. Uh, I like the rail draw, kind of sit second and stock the pace and pounce. I'll take Linda and I'll take Joey Freshwater on top in this one. It'll be a big day for old Linda at Aqueduct. I'm going to try to beat the horse with the uh, the favorite. I guess it's really nothing exciting there. But number four, Drew's Gold, uh, undefeated in two starts, has looked really, really nice. Um, both efforts. I thought that first race was good, then came back and really impressed me. Uh, at the next start. And, you know, the fact that they are, this horse last ran January 28th. So, what, two weeks ago? Uh, mm-hmm. Not even. And they, they're wheeling the horse right back. To me, for a horse that ran that well, and not like a huge stakes race, is a big sign that, like, this horse is obviously very, very fresh. Look at the last two works, back to back bullets. I think this horse is going to be awfully tough to handle down the lane. So I, I, I think this uh, is a worthy favorite, and I, I think this horse is going to fire. I mean, I, I'd be I'd be very surprised, let's put it that way, if the horse does not fire a big race. Uh, so I'm on number four, Drew's Gold. Oh, this race. Oh, my gosh. This is the toughest race of the weekend. No doubt about it. Uh, let's go to Gulfstream Park. Race 11, the Gulfstream Park Turf Sprint Stakes. Grade 3. 125k for four-year-olds and up going five furlongs on the turf field of 10 shows up here and i just said this is the toughest race of the weekend so naturally i'm sure the three Belgrano at two to one or caratari at three to one the four horse will win here the two older oldest uh horses seven and nine there's another nine-year-old the critical way um it just I don't know. Do they have enough in them to, to win a race like this again? You know, where especially when you've got kind of a bunch of options in the race. Yeah, and look at these jockeys. Oh, God. You know? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's like, it's like I, I, I kind of like the nine a little bit. It's like, oh, Sonny Leone. Oh, no. You know, and I I like the four a little bit. It's like, oh, my God, it's Rosario. So this is, uh, this makes it tougher. It's just a total mess. Uh <laughs> I went Cartori on top. I, I I think the horse second off the layoff runs a little bit better than last time out. Uh, his best race wins this. I, I, I'm pretty confident in that. I think he'll get the job done here. I'm pretty worried about the jockey. Yeah, we'll try the number four Cartori, but uh, it's <laughs> not very confident. I'm going to go really deep in this race. It's... You know, that it kind of makes you one. I, I, I like, I thought of the four, obviously, but I'm kind of wondering if the horse has has it anymore, or has what he had, you know. Um, we'll see. Obviously, he likes Gulfstream Park, four starts and or four wins and six starts. I ended up landing on the five horse. Yes, I am free. 
um, at six to one. Another older horse in here, seven years old. Has seven wins at Gulfstream Park and 14 starts at this distance, eight wins and 19 starts. Has ran quite well both at this track and at this distance. And, you know, I looked at this last race that he had, we hadn't seen the horse since July, took a lot of time off, and then came back and fired a nice race, a win um, back in January, back at Gulfstream Park off that long layoff. So to me, tells me the horse is, is, is doing well, and I, I would imagine would fire an even better race the next time out. You look back to last year's race uh, where he won this race, uh, he, he, the race prior to this, while he lost, he ran a nice race, got a 90 buyer, but didn't improve greatly in the next race, which was this one. So kind of expect him to do something similar. I, I would imagine he runs um, uh, runs a big race here, uh, kind of a improves off that last race. So I, there's a lot of speed, but I do think he's going to be able to sit off of it just enough. Um, the clash should get him through. I like the five. Yes, I am free at six to one. What did you think of? Uh, I kind of wondered if you liked the six. You know the old Remington Park horse. I know you know that horse. No, not at Gulfstream. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't. Speed, man. That horse will be flying. The horse will be flying without any doubt. But I just, how long are we going to be flying? That's the problem. You know. Well, he might be taking out horses at the at the, they hit the top of the stretch as he goes backwards. It's always it's always the worst sign whenever you you've got a horse, but it, mostly it happens like if you're playing tournaments because you're you're typically you know you're, you're trying to get prizes and whatnot, and and you they turn for home and you look at your jockey and it's and he looks back and it's not the good look where you're like to see how, like to see how much he's ahead. It's like looking back to see what horses you might be running into as you go backwards. It's yeah. never a good feeling. It's a look back, making sure I don't kill somebody. You're like, oh no, this horse is, might kill somebody. So yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, I. And Rosario's been a lot of those. He's six for ninety this year. Seven percent. Well, he can only go up, right? That's true. And Sonny Leone, five out of 75. You year. picked them, though. So why are you picking them? I'm stupid. <laughs> All right, let's go to Oaklawn Park on Saturday, race nine. The Dixie Bell Stakes, 150K. Phillies, three-year-olds going six furlongs. Field of eight uh, shows up here at Oaklawn Halterman, led by the Brad Cox trainee Pratt in the right here. Uh, number three at seven to five, Key of Life. Are you taking the horse or are you going to try to beat her? I think Key of Life, if she gets back to her race that she ran two back, I think she's going to win this one pretty easily. You know, at the time when she lost last time out, I thought, boy, that's that's bad. That's a bad loss. But you look and you see Red Carpet Ready was the horse that beat her. Well, my yeah. God, Red Carpet Ready is really damn good sprinting. Uh, we saw that last weekend. Now, she did get beat a neck by Twirled, and Twirled is right back here in this spot. But I kind of think if Key to Life, Key of Life uh, shows up with her normal effort, kind of think she'll dominate this one. Uh, so I've got the favorite on top. I'll probably single, I don't know yet in this one. I haven't haven't gotten that far, but it seems like a singable, singable type of horse. I don't know, the seven Twirled, getting getting better. Maybe, maybe that one you could use as well. I am torn because at first i had the three and i kind of, i was in the same kind of 
uh, conversation with like, yeah, yeah, I think this is a no brainer. Um, you know, like this is can't lose type of horse, but I'm, I'm also wondering if, if maybe the horse could need a race. Um, but I, you know, and I also wonder, you know, if this is the goal, uh, I, I kept going back and you talk about needing a race is the four, but I thought his spot was just such a weird spot for the four, for Sadler to bring her mm-hmm. in, not seeing her since June at Santanita, where she ran, won that five furlong charity race. But man, was she impressive that day. Got a 78 buyer, which is, you don't see very often going five furlongs for, for Phillies, you know, two-year-old Phillies. Um, you got to think, I mean, if that horse can can improve any off of that effort, will be really tough. I would imagine this horse is going to try to go gate to wire. And so I don't know what it is that it may be the fact that this just has that upside, but the, I just, the four kept giving was, it was so interesting to me. And I think the horse has a lot of raw talent. So I'm going to try to upset the three with the four uh, gate to wire here. Stone silent. what do you think of this horse? Well, notice who comes in to ride Ramon Vasquez, who knows his way around Oakland park uh, for many years. He had great meets there. Now he's doing a great job in Southern California. He comes in to ride stone silent. So they bring the jockey with her. And I think that's a great sign. So, uh, yes, I, I think this is a horse that can win. Um, you know, going to have to improve, but I don't think they're bringing her from California if they think she's going to show up with a dud. So pretty, pretty interested to see how she runs. Yeah, that was just it. Like you, you could easily just imagine seeing her on, you know, on the undercard or something at, at Santa Anita on the weekend, you know, like that's no brainer, but to bring her over here to, to Oakland, um, after not running her since, you know, have not seen her since June, like you said, uh, Vasquez who rode her on debut comes with her. It's a lot to like. And I think the upside could be pretty big with her. If she like, again, you know, you look at like say key of life, this is a horse that ran an 86 and an 85 buyer. Um, it, it, the highs for that horse on debut ran a 51 buyer, the 78 buyer for stone silent is, miles ahead of anybody's debut in this yep. race now obviously she will need to 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 improve off, off of that but nothing to say you know given the fact we haven't seen her since june nothing to say that you know she won't um so we'll see i like the four stone silent uh let's go to the last race here more three-year-old fillies but uh this is a kentucky oaks prep race let's go back to tampa bay for race nine the suncoast stakes Worth 150k for Phillies three-year-olds going one, a mile and 40 yards, and it is an uh, Oaks Prep race 28-642 for your top five finishers, and it's a field of nine, dude, and it's a nice field. You got the even money favorite Wonderwheel, your Breeders' Cup winner, your champion uh, two-year-old Philly. You also have got Julius Shining at five to two, who's you know definitely legit horse. Uh, you really have Opus 42 is not a bad horse either. But Wonder Will versus Julius Shining. Who do you got? Can I give you a, a trivia question and see if you can answer it? Because you don't look at time form. Okay. Who has the lowest time form in the race? Out of everybody? Out of everybody. Well, since you went, since you worded it that way, yes. I know it's going to be not what I think. But if I was guessing, I would probably say like uh, the four. The nine, Julia Shining. Really? According to Time Form, Julia Shining 
should not even be close uh, to almost every horse in this race. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. And that's why I always say, hey, you got to take take wow. more into that's... account than just numbers. But that's an interesting one. Um, that being said, I think Wonder Wheel is just better than this field. And I think the only horse that can beat Wonder Wheel is Ticker Tape Home. And that is another Mark Cassie runner. And I don't think Mark Cassie is beating his top horse with this one. I think it's going to run 1-8. I would play that exact as straight. And I would play it for a lot. But I think Wonder Wheel is going to romp in the spot. Wow. And if that's a horse that has ran on the, on, on the turf and synthetics. So what makes you like the, the 8? She, okay, she's got a great pedigree. She should get much better with stretching out and distance. And it just feels like numbers-wise, she's just as good as Wonder Wheel. So if she takes to this dirt, I think she'll run okay. And I think she'll run up right behind her and get second. I I really like the eight a lot in this spot. Um, Again, Mark Cassie said that Wonder Wheel is one of the best horses at this age he's ever trained she ain't losing if that's the case she's not gonna lose to this group i think the eight out kicks the nine on the way home where i think we're gonna create some value with this eight so i'm going one eight exactly here yeah you stole my uh you stole my line i was gonna t- that's yeah he said that wonder will was he said that wonder will was the best two-year-old filly he's ever had yep and he's had some good two-year-old fillies some really good two-year-old fillies and there are certain trainers that say that uh dale romans and you just laugh yeah and there are certain trainers that say that and you say okay like i'll I'll keep that in mind because that's a nice horse and not to mention we've seen this horse rattle off you know four wins and five starts including the last two grade one races where it was one of them was the breeders cup and you know was champion horse so i love the fact that this horse won off of the pace in the breeders cup and then the race prior went gate to wire and won that's a really good sign and really impressive for a two-year-old to do that kind of, because you know, a lot of times, you know, a horse doesn't break or whatever. Then you say, oh, well, the Breeders' Cup. You're like, no way. That horse, like, that, that horse can't make up that. You know, it's like too much, too soon. Didn't matter. I think the one is going to be very, very tough to beat. Versatile as all can get. Number one, Wonder Will for me as well. I Honestly, and it doesn't have anything to do with the numbers. I, I didn't really consider Julia Shining when talking about a winner. I, I think I, I think she'll get up, maybe hit the board. I, I don't think she'll run horrible, but I, I don't think she's as talented as what she's kind of being billed by people. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, that race last time out in the Demoiselle, I didn't think she was ever going to get there. Yeah, I honestly, I saw Wonder Wheel. I looked at through the field, looked at Julia Shining. like, no, I like, you know, there's no, I just Wonder Wheel is too good. Yeah. Yeah, I, the buyers, by the way, are not anywhere close when you compare Julia Shining. Julia Shining got a seventy buyer um, for the Demoiselle win, and uh, Wonder Wheel got an eighty-one for Alcibiades, and then got an eighty-three for the Breeders' Cup. So, um, out of curiosity, what buyers has the eight been running? Um, the eight's been running eighty. Well, he got an eighty-four on that last turf race. And then you got an 83 in that last synthetic race. So not bad, like pretty good. The numbers are there. I don't know. I may go 1-8 in that and just, you know, 
because you, you, you're not you're not going one nine. If you're gonna play the favorite, you're either singling or you're putting a shot with it. So I don't know. Just uh, I I don't know. I went back and watched the replays. It's like yeah, this this horse moves pretty well, and I was pretty surprised the horse is entered here. But you know, the one thing I'll say is like when 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 Cassie's got an, a good and it feels like it's for whatever reason it's the Phillies when he's got a good Philly, like they're good. You know what I mean? Like they're tough to beat. Um, so I would expect Wonder Will to to not only win and run well here, but to be a force uh, as we can go down the Oaks Trail. I think that's. A, I mean, he, he and he's got one right, and he's got a good one. They they are tough. Yeah, I think his problem is he he just he hasn't had just a shit ton of good ones. Like he, it feels like when he has good ones, he's got like five or six. And then he'll go two or three years where he doesn't have much. And then he'll have a bunch again, you know? Yeah. Um, this, I think this Wonder Wheel horse is kind of getting overlooked. I, I would I would just be shocked if she loses here. Now, she's going to win the Oaks. I don't know. But in this spot, she seems like the one. <laughs> all right. That's all the time we have. Check us out at racingnews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on the Handicap Products page. Click the Get Racing News Premium button, the menu at racingnews.com to learn more. Uh, we're on Twitter at racing underscore dudes, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find all episodes of Blinkers Off by visiting our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the places you listen to podcasts. We are there as well as YouTube. Just go to YouTube slash Racing Dudes or search Racing Dudes in YouTube, and you can find all episodes of Blinkers Off as well as all our video content we do. Um, and make sure you hit like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get alerted when we go live. Um, all the support is great. And, and if you do watch these, if you, if you tune in live, you can interact with us, ask questions as we do these podcasts. Um, so it's a great way to kind of be a part of the show. Make sure you check out the magic Mike show as well. They did that Tampa Bay Saturday late pick five. So obviously a very interesting late sequence there, including the lot, you know, that race there, the sun coast and the, um, Sam F Davis. So make sure you go check out the magic Mike show as well. All right. Uh, Super Bowl, give me your picks. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs and the under. I, I really like the Chiefs in the spot. I I just think they're a little bit more explosive. They're going to be able to make enough plays to get the job done. I am worried about them stopping the run. That is my big concern. Um, different offensive attack they're going to have to stop this week. Uh, they're not going to be able to just pin the ears back and, and go after the quarterback. Uh, they're going to have to play a little bit different style defensively. Confident enough that they're going to be able to do it. I don't think Jalen Hurts can make enough plays. Uh, I think they'll be able to stop him. I like the Chiefs, and I like the under. Wow. All right. I like it. Um, I like the Chiefs as well. And this is I don't know that it's going to be an awfully close game. I, I, I don't know that it's going to be like a blowout, but I just I, I, I feel like like a 10-point win is coming for the chiefs. I, I just think they're better. Um, I think they're out under, uh, people are underestimating them again. It's been two games now in a row that, uh, they've been doubted. Uh, Mahomes has obviously gotten healthier. All our guys are back other than, uh, Hardman, which I think has played his last game as a chief. Um, the defense is back and healthy. Uh, Sneeds ain't going to be there. So yeah, I mean, everyone, uh, is there and, and, and I just, these guys have been there, man. And, and the mm -hmm. Eagles um, have not. And and I know that they, I know that they're better than I thought they were, but I also like, 
I don't know what I have in front of me. I was like, dude, the, the, the quarterbacks that this team has played this year is is insane. It'll, it'll blow, it'd blow your mind, the, t- the quarterbacks that the Eagles have played. To get to the Super Bowl, they had to beat Daniel Jones, and they had to beat a, a no-quarterback team, literally a, quarterback, a team that had no quarterback. That was it. I, I get that they demolished them like that. that it's kind of like that. You know, when we watch a horse like to beat the shit out of a field, I was like, well, they, they did beat them pretty well. But you talk about teams and battle tested. The Chiefs battle tested all year. All year they were battle tested. Mm-hmm. The Eagles haven't been. I think they're, they, they haven't seen Mahomes yet this year. So that's, that's going to be, can they handle that? I don't think they can. I think there's just too much going on for them. And by the way, from an owner of the Eagles defense and fantasy, they're overrated. Okay, the Eagles defense is not as good as everyone thinks they are. They will. They get after their quarterback. I'll give them that. They got to protect Mahomes. But Mahomes and that offense has has uh, has limited the amount of sacks greatly this year. The offensive line is totally different than it was the last several years. I believe we are top or bottom four, however you want to look at that, in sacks allowed of the year. We we have done really well well at protecting Mahomes. That's both protecting him. Him being able to scramble, which obviously he should be able to do now with his with a little more time and getting the ball out quick. So I just think they're going to be up against it, the Eagles, that is. And the Chiefs need to come out hot and, like you said, need to be able to slow down that run game. That's that's the big key. How many points do you think the Chiefs are going to put up? Uh, I think it's uh, – I think they can put up 24 to 30. Yeah, I think if they do that, they're going to win the game. I, I I think the Eagles, unless the Chiefs are just helpless against the run, I think 24 is about their ceiling. Yeah. And so I I think, you know, 24, 21 Chiefs, kind of what I'm looking at. I, I don't think it will be a blowout. Um, I, I think the Eagles are good enough to, that it's not going to be a blowout. I I worry, listen, and I watch Jalen Hurts a lot more than probably anybody on the stream. I I still am not completely sold. If they force him to throw, I don't know. I really don't know how that's going to go. I think he might have a couple of turnovers in this game that really hurt him. However, if the Chiefs cannot limit his running game, then he becomes deadly because he is a fantastic runner. Um, but his passing ability, I think, is still a big question mark. Yeah, it would be, uh, you know, I'd almost, if I'm the Chiefs, you know, they're, we're kind of known for, you know, a lot of, as a lot of teams are, is if you win the toss, defer, you know. And you almost would say, just get the ball and go. Because if you can get the Eagles playing from behind early in the game, it would it, it throws out their whole game plan, you know. If you're Andy, you want to get points on the board fast and early. Because the last thing you want to do is be playing from behind early in this game well that's the the way the game flows is going to be a big key to it because the one thing the eagles could do is ground out four and five yards three and four yards hold the ball right so i'm with you on that you want to get them behind uh and especially if you could get them behind you know 10 nothing right off the bat it's gonna take it out of their 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 hands a little bit what they want to do offensively um i mean i'm with you i would take the ball if i was the chiefs as well And, and Gosh, this is not the game to get conservative. I mean, I would just come out blazing. I would throw the ball over the yard, uh, and then maybe second half you get Pacheco going. But I'd come out quick. I would I would try to 
say, okay, you haven't faced any quarterbacks. Now you're going to face one. Let's see if you can stop them. I would, I would come out blazing with Mahomes early. I would throw a lot early in this game if I was Kansas City. I love, I don't know. Um, let me see if I can find some props here. I, I love the Pacheco prop. Whatever the props are on Pacheco, touchdown, uh, over the yards. I think they're, I think we're going to see a lot of Pacheco in this game. Um, started to see him a lot in that last game. He, you know, Andy has mentioned many times about how much he likes his energy out on the field. And what did you just, you know, what do we want to do? We want to keep the ball away from, uh, from that offense and running the ball. How do you do that? You, you run the ball with Pacheco. So, um, I think we're going to see a little bit more of that, uh, as we've, as chiefs fans, we've banged our head against the wall, give it to Pacheco, give it to him more. Hopefully I think we could see that more, you know, especially if they were to get out into a lead. So according to the Action Network, which is a site I look for a lot to see where the public money is going, 60% of the public money on the Eagles. I think that's a really good sign for the Chiefs. I bet against the public a lot in the in sports. Uh, also, and I have no idea how they figure this, but they say the sharp money is on Kansas City right now. The, the sharp bets that are coming in have been on at Kansas City. So take that for what it's worth. That's just one stat, but that's something I look at almost daily. And uh, yeah, 60% of the money on the Eagles as of right now. So Pacheco is plus 115, at least what I'm looking at, um, to anytime scoring touchdown. And he is, uh, where did I see it? Uh, he is for the rushing, I think it was like 52 or something like that for rushing yards, 50, uh, 52 and a half. His, his rushing yards minus 114. So I like playing the over and a touchdown. Um, I just think that we're going to get a lot of use out of like, the over on that, on the yardage is, is a no brainer in my opinion. But because um, I think they're going to be, have, have success running the ball. I mean, we say that every game and they never really do, yep. but they always win. So I, I, I'm almost to the point. I've, I've, I'm 100% with your thinking, but it's almost to the point where I'm not going to say it anymore because it never happens. <laughs> You, I mean, and I think you finally see it. Obviously, I've been telling you all year. It's like Pacheco is a stud. He's the he guy. That, I mean, he's got a future with the Chiefs. Um, and then you watch the game and you say, "Wow, like he looks good." And then you don't see him for like four series. So, um, but yeah, I definitely think it's a, it's a lot of Pacheco, a lot of uh, uh, McKinnon. You know, him getting to a Super Bowl is cool. So, uh, stop Miles Sanders though. But get, who's Miles Sanders is fixed 56 and a half and Jalen Hurts is 45. Yeah. I mean, the, pretty close there. Um, I think I would, I bet Hurts goes over 45, which is scary. That's a bad sign for the Chiefs if he does. But if they want to be competitive, I think he has to run the ball a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's kind of a Lamar type of offense. It's not really, they're structured very differently, but it, it is in a, in a sense that for them to be most effective, the quarterback has to make plays with his feet. Now I think he's better than Lamar Jackson. Um, I think he can run a regular offense where Lamar really can't, he has to kind of run what Baltimore runs. So, uh, you know, I don't want to compare the two, but as far as, you know, the offense has success when the quarterback makes plays with his feet. Yeah. Speaking of Kansas City, this is totally random, but I saw today 
it popped up on social media or something. But did you see that the uh, our, our favorite airport in the country, the Kansas City Airport, is about to it's about to end its run. The new airport's about to open in Kansas City. Oh, real? I didn't even know they're building a new air- airport. Wow. Yep. Yep. So I read some stats on it, and it was like it was like the re- it was so old. Um, and the reason it was built like that, it was like, it was like feet away, as you know, but at feet away from the, basically entering the, the terminal to where you get on the airplane. Right. Yes. You know, and that it was a circular design, half circular design that they designed that way. So you get there quick. Well then TSA and security and hijackings and all that stuff started, you know, took, became more prominent. And then they obviously had to section it off, which created a bottleneck. Not only that. There's nothing to eat. There's nothing there. You know what I mean? Nothing. And so it's created to be, it's just the worst at airport. But yeah, um, they are, they are about to, I think it was like a couple weeks away. So where is it at the same spot? I think so. I don't, I don't know. I think it is in that area though. Yeah. It's, we've been to many, many, many airports because of racing. It's the worst in the country without any doubt. Yeah. And people say, Hey, why don't you fly out to Kansas city? And like, no, <laughs> Nope. Wow. Well, I'm happy. I'm very happy. I hope it's nice. I hope it's very nice. It looks nice. The pictures I saw look nice. So it can't be worse. It can't be worse. Yeah, no. exactly. Every time, every time I talk to anybody, like we, it's, we, everyone says the same thing. Like Kansas City Airport, like it's so bad. You got to park like offsite, like a mile away. It's ridiculous. It's so it, bad. It it is definitely like no restaurants, nothing, nothing, literally nothing, just a big circle, a little hallway. You go through like glass windows and now you're in the actual terminal. It's the weirdest place. Yeah. I've never had a layover there, obviously, but I, I that would be the worst layover airport in the country. I would want to jump off something. You'd like, you'd fly in, but you think you're in Kansas city, right? You think, gosh, there's gotta be, you know, let me get some Starbucks. Let me get, there's like, there's literally like, one bathroom section and like nothing there's like vending machines that's it and it's kansas city it's awful it's yeah it is I, i'm excited i didn't even know they're building a new one that's great i remember hearing about it a while back and then i'd forgotten of course because we stopped flying through there and then i got like i say it popped up i was like oh yeah yeah i'm looking at pictures of it now hey i know we might have to we might have to fly out of there sometime Here's that. There's that circle. Okay. Yeah. So it is. It's right up there where the old one. Now look at this. Well, that's nice. It's wow. Okay. That's cool. It looks smaller. I guess it's not. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Again, it's one of. The, I think it's one of those things. It's like it could be any. As long as it's like not that <laughs> that old one, it's better. I mean, the Joplin Airport's better than the Kansas City Airport. At least you know when you go to the Joplin Airport what it's going to be. <laughs> like you said, you go to Kansas City, it's like, oh, this would be a nice airport. No, it's not. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our uh, our analysis and, of course, our Super Bowl picks. Go uh, go Chiefs. Hopefully, you can get to pull this thing off. Uh, have a big Super Bowl party over here at the house and um the boys will be with me and uh, my family and all that stuff and so hopefully we can get a win big win uh be watching obviously and then hey uh saturday we'll be live right we'll be mm-hmm. live doing a live show for i imagine tampa bay and, or uh, the Santa davis and the withers right yeah we're going 
3.15 to 4.30 Central Time. 3.15 to 4.30. And that will cover the Withers, the Sam F. Davis, and the Suncoast. There you go. So tune in live on Saturday um, for our live reactions and commentary to the big stakes racing happening, happening all across the country. All right, guys. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck this weekend. And uh, go cheese! RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 